1: Hello, this is the fourth DesignFootball.com podcast, football kits in it. This is a special review of 2015 edition, sure to neglect to mention some of the biggest stories of the year we're exiting. Ideal for looking back with rose-tinted spectacles, I'm joined by the joint king of nostalgia, Chris Oakley, erstwhile football attic blogger. Hi Chris, how are you?
2: Hi, Jay. I'm very good. Thank you very much. Thanks for inviting me onto your podcast. Uh,
1: have you had a, a good 2015?
2: Uh, it's been pretty good, thanks. Yes, yeah. Um, uh, uh, for those who don't know, I, I live in New Zealand these days. I moved to New Zealand a few years ago, so kind of life takes a gentler pace, so I would say than it used to. But uh, but that's no bad thing. And um, yeah, it's it's been a good year. So where has the time gone? It's nearly over already.
1: That was a, that was a dangerous question for me to ask, so I'm I'm glad you have it a, <laughs> yes. a very well, good. Well the divorce was only
2: slightly painful <laughs> and uh,
1: <laughs> Indeed. Uh on the subject of let's let's go straight into it. On the subject of uh football design, what is your um your favorite shirt or kit of twenty fifteen?
2: Um well <sighs> it it was I, I the first thing i had to try and do as a west ham supporter the first thing i had to try and do was to find an alternative answer to the west ham home kit home kit and home shirt because when it came out it was i i was, I was incredibly pleased with it but i thought that's going to be too easy an answer as a west ham fan just to say west ham to whatever the question was I, and and sort of having a look at, at other kits and, and and shirts that are around there are a, f- a fair few good ones. Um, strangely enough, South American ones, which I, I, my focus doesn't tend to be on South American kits, but the, a couple that caught my eye not so recently that have been launched for the current season, Independiente, uh, a Puma shirt um, that they've released, which has got kind of red diagonal shadow uh, bands looks terrific which I thought was wonderful and a great old club Independiente I thought they had done a really good job of making good use of the red which what obviously they wear um, Vasco da Gama's shirt by Umbro um, a perfect example of how you do a diagonal sash they just got it spot on beautiful understated styling um, Hibernian uh, they're sort of pint gone for pine green this season which I thought looked terrific mm. so good, good job by Nike but ultimately I have to come back to West Ham it it was just, we all know as as supporters of our our own favorite you know clubs there's that point every seemingly every season when you go online and you see the headline um you know insert club name here uh launch new kit for for the you know for next season and you kind of, there's that moment you think oh god please don't let this be embarrassing because you know, people are going to sort of point at at you and laugh if if your your team's new kit is wrong in some way. If it's just badly designed, and us, oh please let this be good. We knew beforehand that it was going to be Umbro, Umbro taking over from Adidas, and that was wonderful. I thought that was fantastic. Not that Adidas did a particularly bad job over the last couple of seasons for West Ham. Did some you know, you know nice designs, and everything. But Umbro, I thought this this is this is going to be good. And of course, it was going to be a design for the the last season for West Ham at, um, at Upton Park slash the Bolleen Ground. And when it came out, I was just it was amazing because the 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 comments that were coming back from everyone just saying how how much they thought it was a terrific design. And I just I can't remember the last time I ever experienced that, and 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 for it to be my club, my team. I just felt incredibly proud that we'd ended up with a kit that was well, I wouldn't say universally appreciated but the fact that it was so well liked and and admired by so many people so I just want to say thank you Umbro <laughs> you've done a terrific job and 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 the kit looks tremendous and so I would have to go for 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 the West Ham kit I know it's it's perhaps a predictable answer but I, believe me I tried to pick somebody else's shirt or somebody else's kit there were a, a few good ones there as I mentioned and um and, but it's, but the West Ham kit was just wonderful and it looks great.
1: Yeah, uh, it does. And, and the thing with Umbro is that they, and they they're back.
2: I don't know if they're back to their best,
1: but they do well. Um, mm. Is that they take a a shirt and they they seem to deliver the simplest idea brilliantly. So it, mm. it you never look at well, you tend not to look at Umbro shirts and go. How did they come up with that? That's so inventive. What they actually do is say, what's the best way this shirt could look? And that's sometimes very obvious. And then they do it and they deliver it perfectly. And that's, that is something that's happened with the, the West Ham shirt. Close up, not as impressed. Like the, no. on the sleeve, the the Umbro, uh, the Umbro logo or w- Umbro mark on the sleeves is printed on. It looks a bit cheap, mm. as does the little bit of script underneath the crest. Yep. But that, that's a, a minor detail, really. It's, overall, it's a great shirt, and and it's good to well, see Umbro doing well after after being divested oh, by Nike.
2: Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, I, I just want to say, I mean, not even though Umbro are, I think, definitely getting back to their best. The way things are going, their their kits and their designs aren't perfect. They, you can see on other other kits, there's one or two things you kind of go, oh, not sure that's great. So they're not they're by no means sort of operating at this kind of brilliant level like perfect level where everything they do is it just you know strikes gold but but with most of what they've done that West Ham kit I would say it's just it's just delightful they just captured the essence of really what a West Ham shirt if not the whole kit should be like and um, yeah just more than happy with that I tell you that's going to take some beating to to, to do better than that in, in coming seasons
1: yeah, the uh Umbro are doing well in, in South America as you mentioned as well. Vasco Vasco mm. da Gama, they've made some brilliant kits over, over the last few years. There was a, a black one with a I think a gold sash a few a few years mm. ago, which was which was great when especially their standing in Europe was not great at the time Umbro and they were still managing sure. to, to give us these great kits in in South and Central America, I think. Um yeah. So they've they've done they've had a good year, Umbro. Uh The one thing I would say about Umbro, uh, there's a a short style that I've noticed this year and Puma have done it and Umbro have done it in a way as well, but in a different way. So if you look at the Arsenal kit, Arsenal wear their red shirt, if it's untucked, has got a white panel at the bottom, which makes the Arsenal home shirt looks like it's tucked in when it's hanging out. (laughs) which is a nice touch and Arsenal like the uniformity of look and so on so players can have the shirt tucked in or hanging out and it will look like like they've got their shirt tucked in Umbro with Everton have done the opposite so the top part of the shorts the Everton home shorts in white is in blue so it looks even if you tuck your shirt in it looks (laughs) like you're yeah, it looks like you're slovenly, which, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, uh, which you wouldn't expect from Umbro. You would expect uh, a better standard. Yeah. I'm sure Scott Parker must be very, very disappointed in them. Uh, that's <laughs> that. Uh, that's the only o- other observation I'd have about them. Um, I mean, generally, uh, you'd usually w- you would have Umbro as the top dogs in terms of ho- manufacturers. We would definitely yeah. not necessarily in sales and. Uh, widespread appeal but people <laughs> generally in a widespread sense are morons but we know what we're talking about so yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. we we yeah, would I'll, I'll usually describe. put umbro ahead but i'm i'm thinking adidas what do you think with with what's happening in recent weeks where would you put adidas compared with umbro at the minute
2: oh um they're right up there i mean adidas they you they have always got that real bedrock of quality in everything they do however what i've found um really particularly over the last few years with adidas is that they just can't resist tinkering with um with detail and i mean some of their kits are just fantastic um some of them are just—I uh, I can't help sort of feeling they—they—they they, they could have just left it alone, looking a lot sort of simpler, leaving the overall design looking a lot simpler. But they could have put in a few extra bits and pieces here and there. Um, I think the um, kits that they—they've done for Euro twenty sixteen, which I know you've already discussed on on this podcast, John Devlin. Um, look, just—they are really showing Adidas at. at yeah, at their best in many ways. I mean, there's some fantastic Adidas kits coming up for Euro 2016. Um, as far as the sort of club kits that we're sort of seeing, they're fine, um, and 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 I would say they're up there with Umbro. And, and commercially, they're always going to be attractive. And there's lots of aspects to their, to their designs that they're coming out with at the moment, which are very appealing. But I always sort of feel with Adidas that there's room, there's still room that they could have, you know, room for improvement in a lot of the kits that they're producing um but you can't deny that there's a lot of quality to what they're doing and I think they've gone beyond the f- there was a period they had a few years ago where I just felt that they were really just sort of turning the hand it's like turning the handle on the sausage machine they were just sort of churning out oh another kit that looks you know not particularly interesting not particularly creative I may be kind of speaking only for myself here but I just found that there was a they went through a period where they were looking a bit stale and I think they've kind of progressed a little bit beyond that and they're, and they're now starting to pull it together a bit more but the I'm I'm really looking forward to Euro twenty sixteen just to see the, the Adidas kits because um, and, and, and some some of the away kits that some of the country's gonna be wearing I'm not so sure about, but the home kits, um generally speaking, I think look terrific.
1: Yeah, the there is a contrast this year from Adidas's twenty fourteen to twenty fifteen range and what will be the sorry 2015 to 2016 range mm-hmm. which say includes the Manchester United kit which is so-so um, and then the 2016 to 2017 range which it also includes the Euro 2016 kits which are, they're yeah. always sort of launched but really it's it's stuff for the following season so yeah, you'll yeah. see the new Chelsea kits and so on will will ape some of the kits for Euro 2016 um, sure. There's a contrast between the two because they've shifted. Obviously, they've shifted the stripes down the side, uh, but the, mm-hmm. there is a, a lift in the quality, as far as I can see. So you have now got mm-hmm. jacquard patterns, which we haven't really seen recently. So it's in the weave of the nice. of the shirt is the is the actual watermark pattern. Um, you've got embroidered details. Everything just seems a little bit better from adidas a lot yeah. more quality a little bit more expensive to produce there there are misses so for example we didn't talk about the whales kits which has been brought to hmm. my attention on the <laughs> podcast with john devlin um yes we didn't because that whale shirt is i think phoned in doesn't even cover it it's so boring and it is almost identical and i hate to be the person who does this but it's almost identical to the first Adidas Wales kit from so two kits yep. back, I think. Yeah, um, I'm inclined so to agree. Yeah, so I'm not particularly impressed with that. The away is not great either, and it's still got the Adidas stripes down the sleeves. So I, I don't think Slightly. it warrants a mention if if you if you don't even get the the Adidas stripes down the uh, the side of the shirt. I think, yeah. Hmm.
2: I, I have to say, just on that point about the, the stripes down the side. I mean, that's just. I love that that whole motif that Adidas had done with that. It does. It does it's it's a lot of people have picked out that there is a similarity with the was it the Man United kit that they had in about 1981 might have been the first Adidas kit that they yeah. did for Manchester United and and, for, and it but and it's not that well known that particular one from the early 80s and, and so it's nice that they're sort of paying homage as if to sort of have a second go at trying to kind of put it out there and show people how good it can look and obviously it's done in a more modern sort of way but um yeah I think it looks terrific but but the Wales yeah, the the whale I I like I didn't care much for the the Wales home shirt with the green sort of stripes and the and the and the trim on um, I just found that the green didn't really stand out enough from the red worthwhile trying definitely but it just didn't quite work for me so I kind of prefer Wales shirts to be red with white trim but I couldn't hmm. agree more it just it there's nothing there to kind of go well so what what are we supposed to get excited about really. Um, shame, and the and the away kit, um, the, you know, black and grey, or where it's charcoal and two tone mm-hmm. grey, it's not it's not really doing anything for me. I'm afraid. Looks like a sort of off the shelf option, really. Sorry to say. Sorry. Um, I I just I just is it what I find interesting actually looking back over the sort of kits that we we've, we've been seeing certainly shall we say at club level over the last few years is I've been trying to determine whether there's a pattern to that's emerging with regards to accent colors okay so this kind of ties in with wales in a way i mean the whole thing of you know having green trim on a red shirt it it was kind of a new idea for adidas and they tried it it's it's debatable whether it worked or not um personally i don't think it did but it was worthwhile trying now and they've gone back to white which i think works better for wales but i've been looking at sort of club shirts and things and, and looking at how certain clubs are seemingly only too happy to try out uh, an accent colour to go with the the two main ones if it is if that's the case that they already have and um i don't know i just don't think there's a there's a pattern there just i just think certain clubs like to use um an accent a third accent colour every so often and and some clubs just completely steer clear of it really i I, i'm not quite sure what that's about but but in the in the case of wales i think they'll probably stick with red and white for a while now that whether they'll try say red and yellow or something in the future or not i don't know but it's it's just um but it's yeah as i say an interesting um, experiment really if you can call it that and it's just a shame that in going back to red with white trim they've just effectively i don't know photocopied the design they had a few years ago
1: yeah they are similar and uh wales did have the last wales away kit. i think was uh yellow with red which mm, is similar to yes. last season's liverpool away shirt and sure it, it that works as a combination i Definitely think maybe yeah. they've had uh, a red and yellow umbro home shirt in recent seasons maybe i might i might be mistaken I but i seem to remember there being um a red and yellow home kit as well maybe as well but i, c- I could be wrong but we'll check yeah. through that um mm-hmm. yeah the the other thing that adidas have changed and this will come take us on to talking about some other things as well is th- there was a strip that they put for the last world cup there was a strip that they put high up on the back of the shirts like a, a curved stripe yeah and it was it was a feature of that of their templates around that time and there was a lot of key ki- uh, kits that had it uh, well virtually all of the the bespoke kits had it mm-hmm. and no one really knew what it was there for now it turns out and i'm pretty sure this is correct but they they won't publicize this that was meant to hold sort of wearable tech so heart monitors and all that kind of stuff was meant to be in there so position on the field trackers and all that kind of stuff that that is meant to be a big deal but no one's actually doing it apart from wick and wanderers did it this year i think uh and it was quite controversial the opposition manager said that players could hurt themselves if they hit the big block that they were carrying on the back of their shirts or something. Uh, and England wore it in the Rugby World Cup as well. Um, huh. So that that was sp- something that was supposed to come in for those Adidas shirts. It's obviously gone now, that strip. Um, really? So we'll have to wait and see whether it comes in. Because it was under were meant to do this a couple of seasons ago, include all this tracking stuff, which they have in training anyway. But FIFA said, sure. no, you can't do it and we, wanna ha- we don't want to standardise it to say what are the rules. But apparently those rules have been relaxed now so teams can do it but as mm. far as i know wick and wonder is the only team to do it so we'll see we'll watch that we'll we'll look yes. out for it and, and see what happens but it's quite interesting um yeah the moving on to, to other manufacturers and we'll we'll get to nike in a second but the the americans so new balance uh what is now new balance it was warrior but now they've rebranded mm. as as new balance and they were just finding their feet warrior it's a little bit of a shame <laughs> but yes. new balance has given us the new liverpool kits and the celtic kits um which are quite quite nice they work quite well um yeah. so reasonably pla- reasonably happy with that development uh, the other thing is under armour which we've mentioned and they're making okay kits i suppose they they had they've had a good year um hmm. 2015 the spurs kits of have worked out okay. Uh Nike, obviously the daddies. The big thing for me for them is that we haven't had an England kit this year. Did you notice that?
2: I, I towards the end of the year I did, yeah. And and also and, and but one thing actually um just briefly going back to clubs again is that I didn't really for some reason realise that until recently that there's in the Premier League there's only one Nike kit, Nike mm. kit um so so clearly they've sort of um they're having a gap here, one way or the other um but um but yeah no england kit and, and that did very briefly flash through my mind uh maybe a couple of months ago i thought hmm yeah <laughs> haven't we forgotten something but i guess it'll be all the you know the, the surprise will be all the greater when it when it comes around um i'm not sure exactly when it's sort of due to be launched or are there um there are leaked images i understand of the new england kit is that right uh
1: there are yeah um uh, they probably are believable we've seen two we've seen one that yeah. looked a little bit like the the away look very nice it looked like the first admiral um, England kits mm. uh, the red remember the red one the first yes. one that yeah. they did in the late 70s uh, uh-huh. that one but that, I don't think that's correct I think that's um, that is actually actually a fake we've seen some new leaked images now and it's mm. interesting but well, I don't I don't want to talk about that too much because I think uh, we'll deal with that when it's properly launched. Because obviously we we could if this was happening a few days earlier, we could have talked about the first leaked images, which are now proving to be false. So I I think I'd sooner wait until yeah. uh, until we're sure of what it is. But I will say that those latest leaked images, I'm very excited about. It looks very mm. very interesting. I'm very interested in the colorway of the shorts. Maybe let's say. But yeah. we'll, that's we'll leave we'll leave that there. Um, yeah, Nike. Um, yeah, strange, isn't it? No England kits this year, which is you wouldn't expect it from them. You'd expect uh, John. John actually said that it seemed that Nike were going for a a two year cycle on on kits, which yeah. it might be admirable. Um, yeah, but I might be
2: might be misjudged I, I, as well. For all we know.
1: W- well, I don't know. I don't know what the reasons are. But maybe it's loyalty. I don't know, or maybe the. I don't know. I don't know how the money works, but I would sooner see the no. more kits released more often. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll look forward to the the kits next next year. Then the well, the U- Nike Euro twenty sixteen kits will all be next year, so that's something to look forward to. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, any other manufacturing type things that you've noticed or trends or anything like that?
2: Um, well, just the whole sort of retro thing obviously has been around for a little while now. I mean, again, sort of just sort of taking the last few seasons as a as a, as a, uh, a broad sample here. I mean, I, the, the, what I find interesting is that lots of people, lots of clubs are, are doing, in England at least, are, are going for the retro approach. But what I find really interesting is that they're not going for one particular era. There's Everyone's trying to kind of grab a little bit of the past, but they're going for... all all manner of different periods. So you've got like... Um, for instance last season West Ham again going back to West Ham they had a kit that was like the one they had I think it was from something like 85 to 87 with the horizontal pinstripe so that was kind of that that's that's your mid 80s kind of nostalgia you've got Blackburn I think last season we had pale blue and white halves which kind of takes you back to the 1880s for crying out loud <laughs> there's retro for you that's vintage retro you have um, Birmingham I think a year or a season or two ago had the Penguin kit which is classic early 70s Aston Villa, I think a couple of seasons ago, had a, a, a the broad stripe down the middle, uh, like their eighty-one, eighty-two sort of season kit by Lecoq Sportif, and then followed that up the next season with a, with a pinstripes on their kit, which is sort of early eighties as well. Um, Adidas's kits, in, in many cases, have have got uh, pinstripes, so everyone's trying to kind of do the the retro. Well, not everybody, but lots of lots of clubs are sort of trying to do the retro thing, and um, um i just wonder kind of how how long that can go on for it's the classic thing i think um our, our mutual friend um, rich johnson who helped us out with the 50 greatest football shirts thing we did in the latter part of 2015 uh, it pretty much said the same thing which is once you've been doing retro designs for a while you reach a point where there's there's nothing left and what do you do then you know do you kind of <laughs> do you do you then go back to your first retro reference and and do the whole thing all over again or do you it, create um maybe a a retro reference that never actually existed and you sort of go with a sort of almost a false kind of history and in some way in your design and and trying to maybe in in a nicest possible way pull the wool over people's eyes and and try and sort of say this is an old one of our old kits and then you kind of on further inspection you actually see that it wasn't in in, but but still trying to get the essence of retro so Mm -hmm. I just kind of wonder how long, how much longer the whole retro thing will go for. I've never been entirely convinced about the the modern preoccupation with pinstripes. I, for some I used to love pinstripes back in the early '80s when they first came out. But I don't know. I just don't. I find it just doesn't quite have the same punch about it in in the modern era as they used to. But I mean, clearly a lot of people like them. That's why Adidas have have really sort of put their full weight behind. Pinstripe designs on the shirts, but um, so I think there's, I, I I can see the retro thing going on for a bit longer. It's been around for a while, and, and somebody will find new, um, new aspects of, of old designs to go for. I, I think like the Admiral kits used to have in the '70s used to have very detailed winged collars and things. Now I think Macron have tried to kind of tap into that. They've put a lot. They, they, if if anybody's going for the more detailed approach. Um, as opposed to the simpler approach, it's it's probably macron. They have a lot of piping and things on shorts and and whatever. But I I tend I, I feel that they're the only ones that are really trying to make a stab at that, and and everyone's kind of just paring down, paring down uh, these days. I think that I think that's a sort of cyclic thing. I, I I'm wondering whether in the next few years that will sort of turn on its head again, and we'll go back to having more detailed, dare I say, wacky designs, a bit like we had in the uh, in the '90s. Um, but that's that's kind of pure speculation on my part. I don't know. But, um, yeah. Um, and the only other thing really that I've, I'm sort of pondering on is I wonder if more clubs are, are throwing themselves open for, for changing the whole format of their kit in the sense of not sticking, say, with stripes or plain shirts. You've got teams like Middlesbrough who every season they just seem to be changing from you know, a yoke on their shirt to then they'll go to a diagonal sash and then they'll go to a plain shirt and then they'll go to something else, something else. And I wonder if more clubs might sort of go, yeah, we'll have some of that. Why, yeah, why should we still stick with what we've had for a while and that, whether there'll be more diversification on that on that front? I don't know what you feel about that.
1: Yeah, three excellent points there, Chris. And it's immediately I'm thinking, well, why haven't I thought of any of these things, pointing these things out to me? <laughs> the, the, um, the point about retro kits, I'd never even properly considered, but they, you do get a mishmash because so many teams release these retro kits you get a mis- mishmash of of s- sort of different periods of time mm. all in the same season yes so you, yeah. you don't know really know where you are which is especially with so many teams doing doing um looking back at one way or another i suppose they they're going to every every few years they're going to look back and well, yeah I don't know, everything is influenced from the past but yeah it's it it will have a kind of a messy effect as well hadn't really yeah. thought of that. The pinstripes thing, I I wonder if um it's down to the amount of other uh, embellishment a football shirt has on it now. So it has added yeah. a stripes, it has uh, maybe the different mm. panels and so on, which is all starting to come back, creep back in. Um, Umbro got rid of it and now it's all creeping back in again. If you then yeah. throw on pinstripes as well, pinstripes is a very simple and dated um, element that you can add to a shirt. Obviously, it, it harks back to suits or whatever else but Uh. that would be the only embellishment and that would be something that draws the eye with a Mm. sponsor and badges and all the everything else you've got in a football show if you've got pinstrips on there it looks a little bit out of place so i could see where you'd you'd have a problem with it yeah
2: um
1: sorry what was the other the the last point you made there
2: i was just about sort of what i call sort of a format change it was going from stripes to to this to that
1: yeah that's um that's a great point as well, and you you do see a lot of teams do that. Middlesbrough, yeah, like you say, that you think of them as having that central band, but they've had like a sash shirt recently as well, and yeah. they're doing different things with it. And we're seeing that in international kits, particularly with the changing of the shorts and the socks colours. So the classic kit is is being tossed aside, and they're sure. they're wearing different elements. But yeah, fascinating and great observations. There there are cert- there yeah. is certainly a trend for for people to um, to people to to mix it up like that to to say okay we're going to do something completely new next season which is quite exciting for me but um, yeah yeah the other thing I've noticed recently is there being an agenda in the kits that release whether it's home kit or away kit there seems to be an ulterior motive so it, it's uh, sort of tapping into a mindset of of the supporter base. So one example is Cardiff who went to red and now they've gone back to blue again. To blue again, yeah. So they went to red because they were looking to their supporter base that they imagined they had in Asia and then went back to blue because they realised we've got a real supporter base who wants us (laughs) to wear blue. So that was one development. Um, It's a little while ago now, but when, when there was the Scottish independence vote, Celtic and Rangers both released what I would consider politically charged shirt so Celtic had a a tartan away kit so that seems sends a message of nationalism I would have thought and uh, Rangers had uh, a red away shirt which was uh, basically a Union Jack which was (laughs) a lovely one Um, (laughs) it's always nice when they do that Um, so that was that was the two sides of that that debate and and in the run up to to the uh, to the Scottish independence vote there there was very, very open campaigning outside Ibrox, for example, for the mm. for the no vote, and and Celtic never really. Celtic, so I don't think the club certainly picked a side, um, and the sport base didn't really either, because a, a lot mm. of Celtic fans who certainly wouldn't consider themselves unionist actually went with the idea that if it was left in the hands of the Scottish, there is so much bias in Scottish politics that they'd get that. Uh, without getting too political, um, Irish immigrants and and Scottish Catholics might get a raw deal yeah. from because of of the way the Scottish uh, political system is made up. So fascinating, but you saw it in the football kits. Is the point I'm making that, Well, yeah, that,
2: and, and yeah, and also, I mean, just to sort of throw in an extra point, then you come back to the the, the whole thing about kits being designed maybe a couple of years in advance. So you're thinking kind of. Could they have actually kind of specifically foreseen that something was going to happen at that? Oh, I suppose they would have said there's going to be a, a, an independence vote, uh, a referendum on these things. So, uh, yeah. But I just kind of wondered to what extent how far ahead they could have maybe planned for that. Is uh, it coincidence? I, or-
1: <laughs> I don't think it is. I, I can't imagine. Those, those kits were... So- they, they really shouted <laughs> the Celtic kit really yeah, yeah. shouted yes, and the Rangers kit really really shouted "No and that is their <laughs> ongoing stance to a certain extent certainly yeah. with Rangers they're regarded generally speaking as a unionist club they f- I think they fly the union jacket at the ground and and Celtic mm-hmm. if they're nationalist it's more to do with sort of Irish nationalism generally speaking but for them to to release a tartan kit at that time and they would have known the vote was coming I don't know. I I would say so. I, I I would be disappointed in in both sets of designers if they did that completely oblivious to the fact that it was going to coincide with a, a a vote on independence. But sure. yeah. and I don't know. I, I and then
2: you got the, and then you got the national team kit that which has got a tartan shadow pattern as well, just to kind of add a little bit of extra complicated detail into the whole thing.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see what what maybe comes just out incidental. in, in that. Yeah. yeah. no, I, I don't I w- there were two around that time. I mean tartan had had gone away I think from the Scotland kit for a long long time, but they mm-hmm. brought it back with the the kit that's now outgoing and they've continued it with the one that's come in to replace it. So so tartan's yeah. definitely back in fashion and I think mm-hmm. Scottish nationalism is is certainly back in fashion, so it it does tie in with what's going on the um the mood of the, of the nation, let's say. Mm-hmm. The other team that did it is uh, uh, Barcelona. So a couple of years yes. ago, they released an away shirt, which was in the colours. At the time, it was it was regarded as Senera, which is the Catal- but, uh, Catalan, but, uh, Catalan sort of... Flag. Yeah, the regional flag. So yeah. regarding it as a region of Spain. Well, now they've done it again, but they've released it with blue shorts. And <laughs> the blue shorts for me says the estelada flag which is a flag of catalan independence so that's a shift far more political shift in the in the latest version that they've released um which again ties in with what's going on in spain because it's it's looking closer and closer to um to their to there being catalan independence there Mm -hmm. um the other thing was the bolivia thing did you hear about this
2: I did. I was aware of it when it happened. When that whole that whole <laughs> incident occurred, it was I mean, absolutely remarkable. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but, but go on. Yes. So
1: there's a there's a guy who's um very noted in the world of fantasy kit designs. <laughs> if that is a world, uh, yeah. uh, a maybe community a little today. bit. Sad. Yeah. Let's say community. Yeah. Um, the a guy called Angelo Troffa, and he posts on our website as uh amadeus angelio i think uh so you can check out his work it's fantastic work and he's preempted so many uh so many design changes uh things like um the pocket that appeared on the on the shirts a few seasons ago so there was (laughs) the the manufacturer's logo was appeared on a pocket that was something he did first lots of lots of uh ideas that he's sort of prophesied mm. um, which is brilliant and he's fantastic, the presentation is wonderful and he releases a book each year or it, he's released a few books and the fourth one came out in 2015 which is Kit Concepts I think, so Kit Concepts Volume 4 is out. Now something he did earlier this this year was he designed and it had been done before, other people had done it on Design Football, um, he designed a Bolivia kit which was based on the Wipala or Wipala flag mm-hmm. yeah. which is uh, a flag... Uh, which is held dear, let's say, by people of the Andes, so various yes. groups uh, and basically indigenous, indigenous uh, people. Yeah, yeah. So indigenous people of Bolivia, and it is now an official flag of Bolivia as well. So he releases, he, he designs this kit, puts it on the internet, uh, Bolivia away kit, which has the pattern of the Wipala, Wipala, I don't know, one mm. of the <laughs> two, uh, that flag, and and he received quite a lot of abuse from people from <laughs> Bolivia which uh yeah. surprised me i don't i don't really know the politics but i was quite surprised by it uh and it yeah. became quite a big news story
2: that's right i mean i, I found the, i think i found the guy's facebook page earlier on and and just to sort of just to tap into kind of the comments they're getting, and and to be honest, a lot of the comments I was reading were people sort of saying, actually, it's a really nice kit, which was mm-hmm. quite reassuring that there were some people seeing it in the right way. Um, I think there was even one comment from a guy who took a very interesting approach by basically sort of saying, look, this is a work of art, so therefore, you either like it or you don't. Based on that, based on that whole premise, uh, there's no kind of I don't like it because. It's just, do you like this as a work of art, or don't you? And, and which I thought was kind of an interesting angle to approach it from. But yeah, people basically sort of thinking that suddenly, you know, Bolivia were going to walk out in that kit for you know some some match coming up soon, which they felt, felt extremely threatened by. But it, I, I just find it fascinating how that the let's use that word again, the community <laughs> that can create something like this, a very nice design, can suddenly cross the line and. Be absorbed into, you know, everyday life, and 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 be in the news, and and to be suddenly, um, what should we say, just. It, it, People can then suddenly sort of take it as being a potentially a very real thing that that could happen, and and they then give their opinions on it. and And, and I don't recall that happening very much in the past. And maybe you know better than me of, of such a thing possibly happening. But um, but yeah, it just it just sort of crossed the line and became part of the part of the real world suddenly. It's just amazing. But to get so much abuse was just was awful. I and mean, I don't quite know how he dealt with it. But
1: uh... yeah, it's. I think that he was accused of being. Well, he, it was he was informed that the the flag was racist. Well, I'm not sure whether it is. Uh, he was also well, people
2: who are racist, probably. Well,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fascinating, isn't it? But um, th- there is it. There's. A, well, I'm not going to go into it too much because yeah. I don't know the history. But and neither did he. Even though he'd visited <laughs> there and so on, it wasn't irresponsible of him to do it. It's no. an official flag of the country. So mm. of course, if you're not from that country, you're going to take on things that are official and say okay well that can be included official emblems and so on well that could go into it so mm-hmm. the abuse was wrong and if one person called him a nazi i think maybe <laughs> may maybe gone a little bit overboard there yeah um yeah i mean the, it, what goes on on the website does sometimes stray into the real world we i mentioned to martin the other day that uh well martin is an ex martin Leroy, who was on the podcast the other day mm-hmm. uh he he's had kits made into like Kilmarnock Warriors kit and so on and and earlier this year Jamaica wore a kit that was designed by one of the members of the website. So it's all that's all great stuff. But mm. I suppose you take the rough of the smooth. So sometimes things aren't gonna be uh not aren't gonna get a positive response in, in getting made into real kits. They're in fact gonna gonna be um the the subject of either derision, which is generally the way, or downright anger. Um yeah. that kit has actually been made into, I think. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking through pictures and I can't, I don't, I haven't found any details on it. I think that kit's actually been made, and like a, a local, maybe an amateur team or something, is wearing it <laughs> in Bolivia, <laughs> which is, I, I, quite, I quite like that as an end to the story. I, yeah, I it, look, like that. it looks great. <laughs> it's a really, really good kit. Um, it was a great design anyway, but w- the way yeah. they've actually put it into action is fantastic. So, good for them. That's uh, good for <laughs> them and good for Angelo. I'm uh, um, yeah. very, very happy for him. Um, the other trend this year and eh, I don't know whether this is a good thing or a bad thing I- I'm
0: head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott stream the new Hulu original limited series We Were the Lucky Ones with Joey King and Logan Lerman and don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 upfront for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Keen to hear your opinion of it. Uh, half and half scarves, we, they seem to be more prominent than they've ever been before. Um, have you got any thoughts on that?
2: uh oh, only insofar as um i th- they don't um make me want to sort of yeah vomit badly uh they, they don't they, i don't love them I, my view on them is purely that they should be if they're going to be made at all and sold at all they should be done so f- they should be sold to Commemorate specific important games like if it's a European Cup final or if it's a you know, if it's an important game, you may want to buy uh, a scarf like that to take it home and put away in your drawer as a memento of the occasion. In much the same way as in the past, we've sort of bought match day programs and that sort of thing, fine, but because of the proliferation of them these days, seemingly, and the fact that they're being made for every single. Well, certainly, I think in the Premier League, there can't be many Premier League games go by every weekend without a a half and half scarf being made for, you know, uh, West Bromwich Albion against uh, Bournemouth and and stuff like that, and and a date on it. I mean, for heaven's sakes, I mean, that's just, that is completely going beyond the pale there. Um, And that's what I have a bit of an issue with. It's just like uh, the people, but it's a natural. progression in the the development of the game where this is the point in time we're at now it's like people have seen that there is a sort of certain saleability to them as a commemorative souvenir so well why don't we just make them all the time then and that's when they've sort of lost whoever whoever's making them has kind of lost the where the where they can be considered something worthwhile and i i don't know to what extent people buy them in what numbers or whatever i can't think that there's many people that buy them fundamentally half and half scars i think are harmless but i, I kind of think now that people have just run with it a bit too far and and uh yeah, it's just it's got to the point where a lot of them are just meaningless now. Why, why bother going to the trouble of making them for an unimportant game? I'm well, sorry to pick out those two clubs earlier on. By the way, I mean no harm to uh, the fans of West Bromwich Albion and Bournemouth, but uh, but you get my point, hopefully.
1: Yeah, well, you'd hope that that fans of of West Brom wouldn't really want to remember a game against Bournemouth that much that so they'd want a, a scarf souvenir and and vice versa mm. as well. So. Um, yeah, program, I've, for
2: heaven's sakes, if you want to do that, I mean it's just exactly. cheaper and,
1: yeah, yeah. Um I don't know. Well, that's interesting. Is it cheaper? I don't know. Uh well, <laughs> I like quite to think in my now. mind it's cheaper. <laughs> yeah. The I have actually got one of these scarves because <laughs> because oh, now you tell me. Yeah, well the, I'm gonna condemn oh football today is terrible, but I actually support three <laughs> football clubs. So I I don't know. I don't know if I have moral higher ground in this situation. But I am I'm a fan of, of uh uh, Olympique de Marseille and there are reasons for all this so don't don't yeah. condemn me but uh, Olympique de Marseille uh, Celtic and Liverpool and to, to what extent I'm a fan of any of them is debatable but I have a Liverpool played Marseille a few seasons well they played them twice over a couple of seasons I think and uh, I did get a commemorative scarf They were, this was an official one that Liverpool was selling this wasn't like a stall oh, right. outside the ground and yeah. I I bought it and I liked I, I like wearing it with a Celtic shirt, so then I can display my uh, affection and affiliation for all three clubs all at once, mm-hmm. uh, and <laughs> and it's it's quite a sight as you can imagine. Um, wearing... <laughs> just to there is
2: maximise the animosity that people have towards you. Yes,
1: that's, that's, that's very noble. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's just uh, it's uh, my my trolling of people takes many many forms. the <laughs> The thing is, with with a lot of clubs. Like Celtic as an example, they do have affiliations with other clubs. So if you look in a Celtic crowd, you will see people wearing not so people. much shirts, but they will be wearing sometimes the scarves of some poorly or and and clubs like that. To yeah. there is a, a tie-in with other clubs there. So it, maybe half and half scarves for that reason isn't so bad, but yeah there was there's been a manchester united manchester city half and half scarf that, i think maybe this season or last season or something and that's that that really really shouldn't be happening um <laughs> the daily mash actually wrote an article about half and half scarves and half and half shirts there used to be a website called for club and country i think and yeah. that used to prov- as a service prov- uh, you could send in two shirts so your club shirt and your international shirt and they'd stitch them two to the two together so you had a combined shirt but I don't think they're going anymore. Um, but <laughs> you do th- surprise me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the Daily Mash had an article recently where they said that with technology and maybe this is something we'll see in 2016 uh, depending on who scored the last goals uh, fans in the ground their shirt will change so it'll it'll start out as a half and half shirt and then when a team scores it'll be all of the color of that shirt and then when the other team equalizes back to half and half and if they take the lead it's uh, it goes Uh, it goes to the other team's colors um we we wait we'll wait and see on that we'll see if that that comes to fruition uh hopefully hopefully it will um yeah, so that's half and half scars as a a depressing thing to look at maybe. Um <laughs> uh, yeah, n- not, Happy New Year not, everyone. <laughs> yeah, not football going in the in the right direction there, but uh the the latest one was um uh, like for a as a scarf for a one-off occasion, Chelsea played Man United the other night and uh, there was a seller outside the ground who was selling Manchester United scarves with uh, Jose Mourinho's face on them, which <laughs>
2: That's uh, particularly <laughs> respectful
1: to the current Manchester United manager, um, uh, Louis yeah. Van Gaal. Um, the, the other thing we've seen, and it's just something I'd just like to put out there and people can come to their own conclusions. We've seen a lot of players wearing, over the last 18 months to two years, seen a lot of players wearing rainbow laces on their boots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, put simply, there are gay footballers but we don't know who they are not that we've necessarily got a right to know who they are but it seems as though the environment is one of homophobia so we're we're trying to move football out of that area into uh being accepting of different orientations and so forth Sure. Yeah. Uh, so this is a great thing although paddy power being involved i'm not so sure but paddy power and stonewall came together and they've um They've provided footballers with these rainbow laces, which I don't know if there's a particular weekend every season where they're worn, but or certain players wear them, I don't know. Um, the only thing is, the latest thing is that Adidas have released a laceless boot, and they're releasing a whole range of laceless boots. Now, I don't know if the two things are connected, but the conclusion could be drawn that Adidas are homophobic. What, what do you think? Oh.
2: I'm, I, uh, if that's if that's what you want to believe, I'll back you up on that. I'll, uh, yeah, I might need to see further evidence, but um, you, you may be onto something there.
1: I wonder if you'll be backing me up in court.
2: <laughs> I yeah, from from this distance, I, yeah, I'll be here in New Zealand if you need me. <laughs>
1: Indeed. Uh, okay. So the main thing for yeah, we'll, we'll pass on that. Uh, the main yeah. thing that happened for me in twenty fifteen was the greatest football shirt ever, which uh Chris was involved with, um I was involved with John Devlin was involved with and the aforementioned Rich Johnson was involved with on the Football Attic website, which is sadly, whilst still present on the internet, is is not gonna be updated anymore. Is that right, Chris?
2: Well, yes, yes, sadly, yes. After four years, um um we sort of decided to bring it to an end really and um it's very sad um and uh, who knows yeah you know, we may get um to the point where you know in a few years time or something we kind of get the itch that we want to scratch and we need to sort of get back to doing it again who who knows but um for the time being at least it's um it's uh it's come to an end and and purely just because as much as anything it's yeah you know, I, I for speaking personally i, I mean i wrote hundreds of, of blog posts on, on football, nostalgia, football nostalgia which is sort of one of my great passions in life and um, I suppose understandably after that long and having written that many articles you find that repetition starts creeping in and you're looking for new ways of talking about the same sort of things and and at that point I think you do have to then say do we carry on and and maybe allow interest in the site to kind of drop away or or end while you're somewhere near the top and i think we sort of chose to do that and um and hopefully i mean as you said the, the website's still there so people can still read the old articles and hopefully they'll be of some use and you know be be entertaining and informative for people um but um yeah it's a shame really uh, but i've thorough- i mean i think i speak on behalf of richard as well when when i say thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it as a as a project because so many people enjoy reading about and talking about football nostalgia so yeah, there it is
1: um yeah it's a fantastic website and it, everyone should uh go and check it out it's just there is this has is it still got that random search thing on it
2: yes got the attic randomizer you can sort of click on it and yeah. it'll bring up one of the old articles um plucked at random just as sometimes you might get something good sometimes not, not so good but there's it's a nice little sort of thing we thought we'd add on there we we added a, a while back yeah
1: yeah everyone should use that that's fantastic so if you don't know what to to look for just click that and if you don't like what it comes up first which is unlikely because you're probably <laughs> the first thing that comes up you'll probably read but if you don't like that then just uh click again and you'll get something very very soon that you do like i'm sure uh great site and this year as i mentioned we did the 50 greatest football shirts ever um and it was very enjoyable and i i'm glad it's there i'm proud of it
2: uh it's <laughs> you sound unsure if you don't mind my saying well i
1: i am proud of it <laughs> if i have a regret i look through it and i just think we didn't we didn't put in a sash shirt now really <laughs> it all ba- all bases were covered and so every sort of design feature basically was was covered in there one way or another or could be argued was covered in there but i don't think there was a sash shirt really in there and really it should have been. Do you not?
2: Do you think? Uh, yes and no. Um, well, the classic is 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 Peru. Everyone was saying, "Why haven't you got <laughs> a Peru kit in your top 50? And I can kind of get what they mean. I mean, it's a, but but as we've said as we said countless times during the feature, uh, we we weren't going on something because it was a classic or iconic design. It had to be more than that. It had to have some element of invention about it or it had to be original or something like that and um, so I think that's why Peru th- there's some lovely Peru shirts don't get me wrong but we just I don't know felt that they there wasn't one that particularly stood out and, and I think the other thing as well for me was that as we've seen in the last few years um, at least in England uh, with club shirts and things at like Adidas and is it Macron or somebody? Or, there's been a few different manufacturers attempting the, the, the diagonal sash on the shirts. Um, and I just wonder whether subconsciously we were finding that maybe we were reaching sort of sa- well, not saturation point, but maybe we were getting affected sub- subconsciously by the fact there were so many diagonal sashes around that we were trying to somehow sort of steer clear of them. Hopefully that wasn't the, the case, but there might have been possibly what was going on there. But yeah, there have yeah. been some fantastic diagonal sash shirts yeah absolutely
1: uh, yeah I think what we can't what we shouldn't do is argue with the process because the process no. was, was perfect you can't argue with that mm. there was um, yeah we, the it got there because it got there and it's just when you look at it in hindsight you go oh it would have been nice if one had made it in but it wasn't um, it wasn't a decision we took it was just through the very very convoluted process, we got to, to narrowing it down to fifty shirts. <laughs> you laugh because yeah. <laughs> yeah. when I say so convoluted uh, process, I mean uh, almost killing each other. Uh, we got <laughs> we got to those fifty shirts. So if a sash shirt didn't get in there, that's because it it didn't warrant being included in that based on the system we had in place. Um, yeah. But the influence the influence of that list is is something else that makes me proud because uh, Birmingham after we included the what oh, I don't know what year, but I won't put you on the spot. Seventy 74s, Seventy four,
2: something,
1: yes. Yeah, the uh, the Birmingham City German flag away shirt, which hadn't been seen for forty 19, years. Yeah,
2: seventy seven or something. Was it the last time they six or yeah, 76, so, something like
1: that? Yeah, so you're looking uh, heading towards forty years. 40s. Um
2: uh suddenly reemerged.
1: <laughs> it suddenly re-emerged. Yeah, Birmingham of um are wearing that kit. Now I I will mention base layers because they're wearing a black base layer with it. When surely, if there was ever a time where you needed to have an alternate sleeve base layer, it's with that shirt. So yes, to have absolutely, what would yes. it, What is it? Black on this is the trouble I had when we did the podcast. <laughs> is I couldn't remember the the order of the German flag. It's it's okay. black black sleeve, one black sleeve and one yellow sleeve. Is that right?
2: That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Okay, so that's what it should have, and it does have it on the shirt, but. The base layers, they're just wearing black base layers with it, which is very, very disappointing. Uh, but yeah. the great influence there. And Adidas have released a whole range of stuff which refers to our number one shirt, the the West Germany 88 and 1991, whenever it is, uh, the yeah. the ribbon band thing shirt. So if you go onto the Adidas website, you'll see, I think it's a lot of it's in the sale now. Um, mm-hmm. But they released a load of stuff. So yeah, we, we were responsible for that as well, I think.
2: And we, we yeah we claimed that yeah we we're having that oof. one and um, uh, I mean all joking aside I mean I just I couldn't help but sort of feel it's particularly in the case of that second example you just gave there that we if nothing else we provided the extra sort of nudge to Adidas to sort of say uh-huh. yeah the, you you realise you're sitting on an iconic design don't you and yeah. maybe you could be doing something with that because it was just that can't be coincidence that that all came out as yeah you know, straight afterwards uh, mm. but. But I was particularly gratified. I can remember the day waking up and, and somebody tweeting me and saying, "Have you seen this?" And it was the it was the new Birmingham Germany uh, mm. shirt that they. I was, I was like, "That, but that's, but that's ridiculous because we've all decided that that will never that, that design will never be seen again." And yet here mm-hmm. we are, literally minutes after you know, talking about it on a podcast, and thought, "Well, wow, there's, there, there's there's influence for you."
1: I I dispute that, Chris. If you and everyone should listen back, but if you listen to the podcast where that shirt is mentioned, there's me very, very clearly stating it's about time they brought that shirt back.
2: Oh, so. I, I was I was more than happy to say yeah, you know, say if they did bring it back, I'd be I'd be perfectly happy if they did. That's that's for sure. It is a fantastic design. So uh yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to think what other ones, what um, other things we had in our top fifty that were, maybe could still yet happen. I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's just what just briefly to talk about that i just wanted to sort of say that it was a wonderful project to be involved with in the sense that it gave all four of us the chance to reevaluate shirts that maybe we completely dismissed in the past in the process of honing the list down to 50 um we all at some point persuaded somebody else in the group that a particular shirt was great when maybe in the past we thought it was Really poor, and and so for no other reason. I th- I thought it was a really worthwhile exercise, and then you put it out there and, and you publish it, and the whole world seemingly sees it, and um, and of course then the whole uh, dialogue then just gets magnified by seemingly you know a thousand times and you get you know p- random people from south america emailing you saying you know nothing and uh, <laughs> and stuff like and, and just generally generally sort of saying like why have not you not included you know um a, a kit from some obscure second division peruvian team and, and which you have to deal with all that but it's but the fact that it gets everybody talking or it got every, uh, so many people talking um was was wonderful uh, it was a really i'm i'm incredibly proud of that that um project and and Talk about a labour of love, but but um, hopefully ne- yeah, but people will will find it in the future, and they'll they'll be able to read the articles, and and um, they too will get their own new evaluation of a particular shirt.
1: Yeah, uh, I think we should probably bring this uh, mutual backslapping to a close. But <laughs> I think I would, even if it had been a group of uh, four other people, that are completely not known to me, we put that. That list together because it hadn't really been done in that depth before with actually people um trying to analyse it to an extent where it wasn't just the, the usual suspects being added in each time. And all mm. oh, right, uh, okay, so another proof shirt. So <laughs> it, although it sounds like we deliberately didn't include a proof shirt for that reason, it it just didn't make it in. So sorry about that. But it it was because we we put so much effort and and put forward our own choices and argued over our own choices and voted on our choices. And that's how it got to where it it got. And we obviously wrote reams on each shirt trying to justify its position in in the 50 as well. So it was something I enjoyed writing about, enjoyed reading everyone else's articles as well because it was a, a collaborative effort. And if I didn't know anyone involved, and I'd still enjoy reading it, I would hope. And I'm I'm glad mm. it exists. It, the reason why we did it is because it didn't exist. No one else did it, so we had to do it. Um, no. that's what it comes and, down to in the end.
2: And and I and I still maintain I, I sincerely, genuinely hope other people will try and attempt to do the same thing. Not and not uh, this isn't me leading up to so that I can then criticise their decisions or <laughs> or their selections. Genuinely, I, I I really would love it if if one day I go online and I find that somebody else is doing the same thing because it's all about opinions and it's all about trying to you know tell people about the the virtues of, of of kit design because it's it's got so many different sort of permutations and so many different people can design a kit in a different way or a shirt in a different way and it can and they can all be all those designs can be interpreted in different ways so why not you know, I, I invite anybody to, to 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 do their own, whether it's on their own or with a group of people. Do your own sort of top fifty because it's that's that's the interesting thing: reading other people's opinions and and learning new stuff.
1: Uh, no, they shouldn't do that because they're never <laughs> going to better ours. It, no, it,
2: it's, as long it's, as you call it um, something else.
1: It'll be a thankless task and uh, it will be a fool's errand. So don't bother doing that. We are the best.
2: <laughs> yeah, all right then. <laughs> no, you no
1: if people want to do that, then I, I would definitely read it and I'll be fascinated to read it. Um, as I would have been, if it had been done before we did it. So, yeah. uh, and we would have had to retaliate anyway. So if someone else had done <laughs> that project, which w- we did get a little bit worried because we left it so long before we actually went through and did it. We, I was <laughs> terrified that someone else was going to do exactly that. And yeah. it it didn't happen. We managed to get in there before anyone else did really, or, or anyone yes. of any note, let's say, or, or, uh, a project of any note, because the, yeah. most of the others are not great.
2: No. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's yeah. It's it's it's. it's a, and if we wanted to, we could spin it off into you know. We sort of joked about this before, but we could do you know best goalkeeper kits, best away kits, and all sorts. of so there's there's plenty of potential if we ever feel feel like you know murdering each other again. Then we well, of <laughs> we can and just take a different angle on on the whole thing. But that's for another time, maybe.
1: Yeah, uh I do want to do that though. I do want it and the yeah, goalkeeper shirts away kits, base layers, oh, it'd just be fantastic. Anyway, <laughs> um we should move on. Uh that is more or less everything I wanted to discuss with you about 2015 and a little bit of a look to to what might come in the future. Um was there anything else that you that we haven't covered, Chris?
2: No, not at all. Um I think, you know, pretty much everything that was on my list has been covered so it's just to say say thanks for having me on the podcast and to be able to talk about all that stuff has been fantastic
1: i've very much enjoyed uh you being here um and thank you for for coming on uh chris is a ava- chris isn't it projects will emerge from chris i'm sure but if you want to talk to him about anything uh at chris oakley on twitter it really is as simple as that um so give him a shout and he'll he'll discuss anything that we've talked about today or anything about life in general is that is that a service you provide chris
2: um it's a service i've provided in the past free of charge and uh, i can't claim to be very good at it but you know if you've got personal problems uh you know what 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 can i say um there's always (laughs) there's always jay's twitter account as well uh if i can't help you then he can (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, you don't want to come to me for help on anything. Uh, but if you want to talk to me, that's fine. The uh, I didn't actually introduce myself at the beginning of this podcast. So uh, who is this bloke? Well, I am Jay. I uh, I blog on designfootball.com. So you can read that if you want to read that. And as Chris says, I am on Twitter. My Twitter handle is j 29 ers uh, Design Football is on Twitter as well which is Design Football surprisingly enough and we're on Facebook designfootball.com on Facebook so if you want to like us on there and you, you'll you be kept up to date with whatever's going on on the website um, so that's been fantastic thank you again Chris uh, thank you please everyone go to the website check out what's going on on there we have had some problems over Christmas but hopefully by the time you hear this they'll all be resolved have a very happy New Year, and uh, we'll speak to you again soon. Bye bye. Goodbye. Acast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend.